Welcoming you ham and eggers. It's your boy Yahweh Zaza here with another episode of Post Game Narratives. Sorry we're getting to you a little late. We had some stuff, we had some games we got caught up in. And your boy's 3-0 in his MVP picks, which I'll get to a little bit later. It's the end of the year. 2023 is officially coming to a close. Some good things happen. Well, you know what? I think a lot of good things happen this year for me. You know, we started this. We've been moving some numbers. I see I see you guys be watching some of our videos. It's kind of good to see the feedback. You know, got some really good comments on. A lot of people like the pepper takes. They like um, MVP picks. You know, like some people will be in the like the DMs hit me up like, oh, I think he's, I think this person's going to win. I have a lot of Dolphins fans who outright pretty uh, mean because they've been waiting for this for the last 15 years and can't stand the fact that we were humble winners and now all of a sudden they come out the woodworks and because they're winning it's just the best thing in the world for them <sighs> but no 2023 was a good year looking forward to doing some big things in 2024 we're going to get you guys some new stuff. You know, thank you guys for being here with us through this little ride. You know, it just started, but we're going to keep going. I look forward to this every weekend to do this little po- podcast because it's honestly a relief. Just sit back and like talk and like, talk about stuff that you like, sports world, and whether it be media topics or something that's going on in the world. It, this is probably one of the most therapeutic things I do all week. Listen, I need this. I work with kids. Even though we're on holiday break, it's still a little stressful. But just want to say thank you guys for uh, for sticking around with us. And we're looking forward to getting to you guys in 2024. But anyway, we'll start off with our sports topics. And, of course, we have to talk about <sighs> this Denver Broncos um, fiasco that's had heading up there. I love the fact that everyone's starting to call it out, all sports head, all sports media, that this is a load of Crockett that they're doing to Russell Wilson, and the fact that they tried to put this off as if, oh, we're just trying to see um, if Jared Stidham gives us the best chance to win. Listen, Jared Stidham is a journeyman at best. He's on the Patriots. I watched him play. Listen, if you are really trying to win, you keep Russell Wilson in. And listen, I'm not even the biggest Russell Wilson fan, and I felt bad for him. And I said this when I saw that Detroit Lions game. When they benched him, when there was two minutes left, I was like, okay, there's something going on here. And I was like, you don't just do that. You could have had him play. You go down, you score. You got some momentum going to the next game for you to completely bench him. And then that was the game where they, he yelled at him too. I was like, all this makes sense now. All, all this Sean Payton, remember, he came in. Russ, you don't have a parking space anymore. Russ, you don't have your own office. So he was always nitpicking at everything Russell Wilson did. My thing is, I don't care that you bench him. No one is arguing with the bench or the coach. You want to go bench him. You want to go play Stidham, that's that's your that's your prerogative. You don't want to win, that's cool. The thing, me, everyone
everyone else has a problem with is why did you degrade him like the way you did? And then when people ask you about it, you're just like, oh, well, I can't bench the other five. I'm like, bro, what the fuck does that have to do with anything? Why did you, why are you treating Russell Wilson like this? And then you have these people out there who are like, oh, Russell Wilson's getting paid this amount of money. Anyone can yell at me like that. No, the fuck they couldn't. Because just because you get paid amount of money does not mean people can talk to you any way they feel like. Listen, we all have jobs. We all know our bosses can't talk to us a certain way before we, we are even taking this to HR and we gonna figure this out. Or listen, you don't talk to me. Because honestly, if I was Russell Wilson, I'd be like this, listen, I'm not giving you the money back. And the next time you want to talk to me, either talk to my quarterback coach or talk to my agent. Because me and you, we got nothing to talk about. And that's the thing about Sean Payne. Sean Payne's so used to doing this. Remember, he had the bounty gate. He's been known to bully people. And it's just now it's come out because every one of those players were all like, yeah, bounty gate, we're getting paid and all that. Remember, this is the same dude was spending for a year. People forget all the stuff about Sean Payne because they glorify that one Super Bowl that he won with New Orleans back in 2009. Like, yo, people do not understand. That's legitimately almost 15 years. I'm not trying to say Champagne's not a bad coach. It's a bad coach. But what I am trying to say is let's stop, let's stop over-glorifying him like he's the solver of all these problems. Because even if he didn't like Russell Wilson, they were still on a five-game win streak. They started off really bad. And Russell Wilson was honestly playing very good quarterback. And I'm for my thing is, I just don't like when coaches think because they pay you a certain way, they can talk to you anyway. Because at the end of the day, these are still men. These people, they have bills, they have mortgages, they have wives, they have they have children. You cannot go up to them and talk to them like, this isn't college. And this is what a lot of these um, fans who are like, oh, they should t-. These are not young people. These are adults. I can't go out there and yell at an adult like that without having some confrontation. Why should he be able to do it? Because he paid him first of all. Sean Payne didn't even pay him. That's not even his contract. And first of all, why would he give you guys any money back? Because if Sean Payne goes out there and fucks him for the next two years, or is he going to give any money back to the Broncos? Absolutely fucking not. But I love that this is shedding light because I've said this. This happens in the NFL all the fucking time. I love that this is getting put out there because guess what? When it happens again, now it's going to be like, oh, so y'all really do do this bullshit. And now, players, keep your money. Don't give anything back. Not a dime. I tell y'all, kiss my ass. Y'all ain't getting shit from me. <laughs> like, I ain't getting a goddamn nickel from me. If I am making that money, you are getting nothing back from me. NFL really think they can get away with some bullshit like this. Like, yo, I'm like, nah, I couldn't be an NFL, man. Like, <laughs> they come approach me, man. Like, I'd, I'd go African tongue style on them, man. Like, I'd be like, hey, you better, I'll smack you and your mother before you, you try to get the money back from me. But anyway, moving on. Last night was a great game between the Cowboys and the Lions. Listen, NFL. You are doing, you are doing what 
people who say the NFL is scripted a favor when we see the nonsense that we saw last night. Because clearly, the lineman came up to that referee and told him he where he was going, and you ignored him. Listen, I get it. They probably didn't want it to him, uh, the Cowboys to lose because it was Jerry, um, Jimmy Johnson's night, a Hall of Fame. They didn't want to do it. They wanted to give the Cowboys a win. But you cannot do that. The Lions deserve to win that game. You have to understand the Lions. I thought the game was over when Jared Goff threw the interception. When they were in the in the the I thought it was over. I turned it off a little bit. I come back. Lions driving down the field. They go down and score the touchdown. And they do a really good two-point conversion. And he called it out, and you still didn't give him that game? Nah, rest. And I love I, I don't like the fact that they did this, oh, we're gonna so we're gonna remove them from the playoff. Nah, y'all knew what it was the fuck it was about. Y'all didn't want the Cowboys to lose last night. Y'all think it's y'all think that shit's cool, but bro, there's too many times where these refs are getting some of this shit. These uh placements, these offsides, there's all this shit. Yo, fix this shit, man. Y'all got y'all the best. Sports in America. Y'all telling me I can't get this little shit fixed up? Too many offsides. Too many refs don't know where it's at. So that means that ref isn't listening. So why is that ref on the field? He's not going to listen to the players. What are the players supposed to do? And the refs can't come to you and touch you because then that's a flag and you get kicked out the game. So really the players have no leeway in this. Because if they tell you, you can say I didn't hear him. They can't touch you because you'll you'll throw a flag and they'll get kicked out. But honestly, even if that would have happened, Dan Campbell, I love the energy. I love that you're mad aggressive. But you kick that field goal and you kick that extra point. You go into overtime and you see. And the thing is, they had momentum. They look. They were. They look good. Like honestly, that first half. If I'm the Cowboys, I don't want to face the Lions. I, I think besides the C.D. Lamb, and C.D. Lamb had a great game and all that type of stuff, you honestly think about it, that first touchdown to C.D. Lamb was a blown coverage because that should have gotten the safety anyway. But, you know, that's when the cookie crumbles and I got all that. But I'm just saying, I trust the Lions more than I trust the Cowboys. They have two good running backs. You have Montgomery and you have Gibbs. Gibbs, Jamar Gibbs, that's a special talent, man. That is a special talent. He can catch, he can run, and he's explosive. The thing about the Cowboys, they have no run game. Tony Pollard, who I remember two years ago, everyone to get rid of uh, Zeke for Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard hasn't had a 100-yard rushing game. I don't remember the last time he had one. CeeDee Lamb's great, but you're too reliant on him. Brandon Cooks is a deep threat, and that's it. We know what he's going to do. So my thing is, I like the Cowboys because their defense can, you know, can get stopped. But even last night, the defense was still getting shredded. The the Lions were able to move the ball up and down the field. I'm telling you, Cowboys, I'd be a little hate. I'd be a little nervous heading into the playoffs because we see what you guys did against the 49ers. The Eagles are a complete mess. I think you guys can beat them. So that that one's out there. But the 
49ers and the Lions, you shot guys should be very wary of them. And I think Dan Campbell honestly coaches better than Mike McCarthy, but that's that's not that's not that's a no brainer. But the the Cowboys last night didn't deserve to win that game. And I think we all know that. I just didn't like the fact that the Lions had to lose that game on that type of misfunction from the referees and all that type of stuff. But, you know, shit happens. Can't really do anything about it. But anyway, tomorrow, college football playoffs is here. You got Alabama versus Michigan. Listen, if this is khaki pants, Jim Harbaugh's last game, Alabama hang up for them. Because if Khaki Pants wants to do his audition for the NFL right now, you destroy his team. Because honestly, this would be the biggest hindrance to him getting the job. I mean, they're probably still going to hire him because, you know, they love his rah-rah. They love his energy. But to go out and have a stinker tomorrow? Listen, Alabama, Nick Saban, Nick Saban, think about it like this. He is fighting it. He is pretty much saying, I don't really care about this game. I'm still going to go to the NFL. Nick Saban, if there was ever a time that you can go out there and put 40 on a, an opponent, this tomorrow is the day. And I want to see it happen. I want to see Jim Harbaugh have that face like, I can't believe this shit happened. Because everyone thinks they're, they're favorites right now. Michigan's a favorite. Everyone thinks Michigan's going to win it. The best team in college football. There is no better way to send Jim Harbaugh into the NFL than with a big ass loss on his his last game in Michigan. His his hometown, his all up, sent his ass to the, to leave with a, a loss. Shit, man. Like I, all these coaches get to do whatever they want. Listen, embarrass them on their last day. That that's what I want to do now. Anytime I see a coach losing. You know what I want to do if I'm an opponent team? I want to embarrass you on your last day because guess what? That's how people going to remember you. Your last game is the, the last thing they're going to remember about you. Fuck all that. Anyway, then you have uh, Texas versus Washington. I think this would be a really good game. Uh, Texas is really playing good. They've come on. They came on strong towards the end of the season. Washington, you know, they're Washington. They're, they're undefeated. They're going to make a run. They, you know, they're trying to show everyone that they're, they, they're, they deserve to be there. And all that other stuff, because FSU, listen, we need to stop with all this hurt feelings because you didn't get, get in yesterday. Georgia showed you exactly who you were and why you didn't deserve to be in there. And I get it, all your stars didn't want to play. But if you truly want to show that you want to be in the college football players, you go out there and play. I'm not trying, and I get it, the, the people who are going to NFL, you have that choice. If you want to play, play. If you don't, don't. But if you are going to the next if you aren't going to the to the league, I'm going out there and I'm destroying everyone. Um, so yeah, you know we're gonna give you our picks a little later. We're gonna tell you who's gonna win and who's not. But I think it should be a good one. Uh, you know, things happen. We in real life. We're not. This is recorded. We got people calling us. You know, people from uh, outside the country. So you know we can't. Can't do nothing about it, you know. Whenever our executive producer is calling us right now, yeah.
What's up, man? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Three. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in first place. All right. So, but anyway, you know, that was his favorite producer. He's out there living his best life. I wish I was him. Not here in New Jersey, about to go to this random bar, you know. But that's life. But, you know, we have to talk about this. Another year, another James Franklin disappointing-ass fucking season. <sighs> this man continues to tell, show me that he is one of those coaches who got blessed winning really early. Because he won. People forget. He won that Big Ten championship. Everything is easy for him right now. Because all everyone's going to say is, all he needs is that one spark. And once he gets that one spark, you see what he did in 2016. You see all what he did. And so he's, he's able to live off that. But I'm telling you right now, I didn't even really watch that game yesterday, and all I kept hearing was, yo, James Franklin sucks. And I don't know anymore about him. Like, I feel like he's he's just that coach who's just really happy to be here. And if that's, if that's your thing, cool. But, bro, Penn State has been slated to win for years. You could have beat Ohio State this year, and Ohio State just lost. Why is it that you continue to lose these big games that every time we try to have faith in you, you're always just like, you always let us down. You always let us down. And then his defenders will come up and be like, oh, but what else is out there? Who else are you going to get? Listen, at this point, I'll take anyone else. Like, I'll take anyone else who doesn't seem as relaxed as he does. Because you'll fire the offensive coordinator. You'll fire this person. When at the end of the day, he's at the top. A lot of this nonsense comes from him. Drew Allard. Oh, my God. Listen. I don't know who thought Drew Allard was going to be really good. I've seen nothing from him that ever excites me. I've watched mostly every Penn State game here. And I can tell you. He's a person, if he makes it to play in the NFL, it's going to be because he has connections. Because there is no fucking way in the world that man is as good as people think he is. Like, he slows the offense down a lot of times during the game. Because, one, he's making the read too slow. Two, he holds on to the ball too long. Then he gets sat. He never, sometimes he doesn't check it down. Listen... This whole five-star recruit coming from high school, listen, that's high school. This isn't college. High school and college are two different games. The speed is different. So that's why when like people like loved him, I was like, to me, he honestly looks like a better version of Hackenberg. And listen, if you know a lot of Penn Staters, you bring up Hackenberg, a lot of us shudder. A lot of us fucking shudder because we, we remember what Hackenberg was. 
a very good high school quarterback who was way too high and had way too much, way too much praise. That's the number one pick in the oh God, I don't even think how many did he did he start ever start a game in the league? That tells me everything I need to know. Um, but nah, this James Franklin thing. I, I don't know, man. I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of tired of him, but I, I also know no one's ever gonna like be really mad at him. Everyone's gonna kind of give him his due because they're gonna say he's not that bad and he won this. But I'm at the point where, honestly, for me, James Franklin, he doesn't do it. He's just, he's just not that good of a coach to me. Good, great recruiter, but when it comes to the X's and O's and all that. I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. But anyway, moving on to a very happy note. Um, the NFL continues to dominate Christmas Day over the NBA. Man, listen, I already get this because I don't watch the NBA till All-Star break. So if I don't watch the NBA till All-Star a lot of and, uh, a lot of football fans who don't watch NBA like that aren't aren't watching the NBA right now. There's no way in the world you're telling me I'm gonna choose. Like I like the Knicks, Bucks, but I'm gonna choose a Raiders Chiefs game over that any day. Listen, the NBA is is great, but that's usually for me it's great. It's better once they start getting close to the playoffs, playing tournament. I think that's where they really shine. That. That in-season tournament, that really did them a big thing because I saw the numbers for that. That was, was a really good number, that last game between the Lakers and Indiana. But once again, it's always a special occasion. I got to be close to the playoffs. I got to be a tournament. It can't be just a regular season game because once again, they hype up too many regular season games. How many times I hear this Tuesday, it's 76ers versus Lakers. Bro, it's a regular Tuesday game. I'm not watching that shit. No one's going to find that shit interesting because you know either – one person's not playing. LeBron's out. This person's out. Back, they're not playing back-to-back games. Why the hell would I get intrigued in that? Where the NFL, you know every game to them matters. You can't lose two games and expect to make the playoffs. It's not going to happen like that. Every game is important. Every game means something. There's too many games in the NBA to really care about. Like, I think it's a great sport. I just think it's too long of a season. Their best season to me was that 2011 lockout season when they had, they cut down the season. I think that was their best numbers because the, it, was, it was shortened. Don't get me wrong. I get it. I get why they do it. It's fine, but it's just not my thing. And I feel like a lot of people get really drained out, drained from it because it's just a long season. And you don't know whenever, especially with load management, you never know what, who's playing. You don't know Kawhi Leonard might be out today. Steph Curry, what have he's 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 out for the next game. It's just like, why would I watch that? I'll wait till the, I'll wait till the All Star break. I'll wait till after All Star break. I went to the playoffs. And speaking of basketball, the Pistons finally ended that twenty eight game losing streak. It'd be Indiana, right? The 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 Raptors. Listen. I already knew they were going to win a game because they played the Celtics really close. And I was when I was like, oh, okay. Now I see them. I see them. They're, they're trying to they're trying to win, and which I respect. Listen, 
Losing sucks. Like, <laughs> if you've never played sport, losing fucking sucks. And think about it like this. People are paying money to go out there and watch you fucking suck. There ain't no worse feeling than knowing, like, yo, you about to go watch another game where they fucking lose. And then as a player, how do you how do you continue to do that? Like my thing is, there was no pride in this. Like it never felt like they had pride. And then when they played the Celtics and they played the Celtics close, but they lost it like overtime to. I was like, okay, now I start seeing the fire. Now I'm starting to see what they're really gonna do. And that's all sports is. It's about yo. Do I want this more than the other person? And finally, the Pistons showed, yo, I want to win this. This is about me. Like, yo, this is about the pride. I have my name on my back. People can see my face. Yo, you walking around. Yo, you fucking suck. You losing all the time. That shit fucking sucks. And I'm really happy for that team. I'm really happy that they got the win, man. Sometimes something like that, it may not trigger you winning the next five, but now you'll have a lot more passion because you'll remember what happened when you played the Raptors that you got to the, you got to win. Win, man, just win. Fuck. Shit just sucks, man. I, every time I'm seeing, I'm seeing them lose. I'm like, because now, how many players are going to want to stay there? Everyone's going to want out. People losing money. Like, yo, at the end of the day, yo, I get it. You make money. But, yo, have some pride in your shit. This is your job. I'm not trying to disrespect him, but I'm just trying to say, like, after that seventh game, I'd have, I'd have to be like, hey, yo, we, we, need, we need to have a team meeting. We need to talk about this. This shit ain't cool. My family coming out here, we fucking losing every fucking time, man. We got the wing stop. Wing stop's mad because it's not all that bullshit, bro. No, fuck all that. <sighs> man, losing fucking sucks. Listen, the person who played high school football, losing fucking sucks. Anyway, moving on into our pepper takes, the best part of this show, and you know, we starting off with something massively spicy at Dr. Umar on the Joe Budden podcast. Listen, I talked to a lot of people about it, a lot of people think he's uh, racist, a lot of people think he's eccentric. My biggest takeaway from someone like Dr. Umar is, he allows us to have a conversation opens up conversation windows a lot of times that we aren't willing to have because we've been kind of constructed so that's what we do we do this we follow this we don't question it because that's what we know when he said that thing about religion it it hit me because I've always I've been thinking like this for like the last eight years it's just nice to hear someone else talk about it like yo Religion is made to keep you down. It's never made to really uplift you. It's really bad. Like, when I hear people who've been raised in the church talk, and they still, a lot of times, it's just their parents talking from, it's it's just the information they spew. They don't do their own research. They don't really figure out, yo, what, what the fuck really happened? Yo, is this really historically accurate? Yo, what does this mean? You take it as facts. Where I say, even if it's even if it's fake, you can still take a lot of stuff in the Bible and use it as a parable. Why is it that that's a knock, and then I get slammed because I'm I'm a bad person? 
And that's the thing about religion that scares me sometimes. It's like, and Umar is trying to say, it's like y'all just are following one way and no one wants to break out. Everyone just wants to follow their own thing. Like, if I'm not religious, yo, I'm not a good person. If you're not religious, yo, why don't you want to be religious? It's just not my thing. Why is it not your thing? I always quote Larry David when he said this. Christians, especially a lot of religious people, they treat religion like fish. Fish saved my life. So guess what? I have to give you fish. You could be allergic to fish. Yo, I, I can't eat fish. No, 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 no. This fish saved my life. My guy, I will die if I have that fish. You won't die. You know why you won't have to die? Because this, this fish is blessed by the Holy Spirit. If you don't get that shit out of my fucking face. And that's the way religious people talk. But like Umar was saying, yo, why is it that you do have to give all this money to the church? They don't invest in you. They don't give anything back. What are, what are they doing? They're building their buildings. They're, they're having all these donations. The pastor's having all this. Yo, how are you, what are you doing for the community? What are you doing to help out? They have nothing out of that. Listen, my mom's on church. They're trying to take over the church to have to to get to get all the trust funds that the Petty Church has because Petty's been there around for two hundred years. It's like, and I always say, once money becomes involved in anything, it, it's automatically corrupt because when money's involved and people are involved, people are going to want the money. There's five million dollars in trust funds. You really think people aren't going to be like, yo, I, w- I don't want a piece of that? That's how people think, and that's why I'm like, yo, it's a man-made thing. People are going to get involved. And that's what Dr. Umar's trying to let you, let people know, but no one wants to hear him because he's loud. He's angry. Sometimes you gotta be loud and angry to get to get heard. The quiet wheels don't get oiled up. It's always the loud ones. So when he even when he has to talk about Eminem, listen, I kinda agree with him. If Eminem was a regular other rapper, if Eminem was black, he's not touted the way he is. It's because he's different. And it's cool. Don't get me wrong. Eminem, he's top 15, top 15 rapper. But the way we laud about him, like, bro, I can honestly tell you, I don't remember the last Eminem album I listened to. Do you? The man's music didn't age well. And that's fine. There's nothing. At that time when he came out, it hit. He was good. But, like, when you get older, it's like he's talking about killing his mom. He's talking about closet dragging his uh, girlfriend in the, in the car trunk. I'm like, bro, I'm black. I'm not doing any of that. Like, I, I can't. Like, bro, I'm not, not saying trying to hit my mom or drag. Like, bro, that, that's jail time right there. And what Omar was just trying to say is, like, hey, let's not put him above these other rappers who are our skin color. Because it, it comes from us. Like, let, let us appreciate that. And what he was trying to say is, like, I can't go to Ireland and be the best bagpipe player. That's never going to happen. You know what they're going to say? They're going to give me a category. The best black <laughs> bagpipe player. They're not going to say best bagpipe player. It don't work like that. And we do that shit all the fucking time. As black people, we are the only ones who diminish one another to bring another one person up. We do it in sports. We do it in music. We do it everywhere. I've never heard White people uh, diminish um, Peyton Manning to put Tom Brady up. They don't do that. We do that. So why is it that we're putting this white uh, this white rapper who talks about certain things? Like Eminem used to rap for like 16-year-old depressed girls. Like this is why when I honestly think that's what his music was really catered towards. 
Some of it not, but that whole clean out my closet, that wasn't meant for us. Like, it's cool. Sometimes listen to the message without getting annoyed. And I think that's what people's biggest problem is. And no one's trying to hear what he's actually trying to say because he was making a lot of good points. Yo, you don't realize that crime bill is crazy when you think about it. And then they put the drugs into the black people's... Yo, I'm just like, yo, you don't see how everything's connected, but people don't listen to that because at the end of the day, a lot of black people go like, oh, it didn't affect me. So it immediately erased really looking at the fucking problem. And this is sometimes I get mad when I say, yo, do your own research. Because when you do your own research, now you can come up and be like, oh, oh, this happened. Now you have something to add to the conversation. But if you're blind and you're like, I'm... You're gonna call. You're gonna go fall right into the same system that a lot of these other black people fell into, and this is what I'm trying to say about Dr. Umar. He's making you, even if you don't like, even if you don't think he's making you halt. Okay, what is he talking about? Let me go re- really research on that. And I don't like when black people are like, oh, oh, he's essential. He's Nick Donald Trump. What? See, that's when I'm like, hold on, calm down. What did he really say? And then when he when he says, and I listen to I'm like, yo, were you really listening to it, or were you just trying to find a reason to be upset with him? Because that's what it seems like a lot of people do with Dr. Umar stuff. Because honestly, I agree with him maybe 82% of the time. I'm like, even if he's wrong, I'll be like, you know what? I wouldn't have said it like that, but I understand what he's trying to say. And that's what a lot of people don't do. And the worst thing is, Usually the black people who don't do that because it was a lot of black people being like, oh, he's, I'm like, yo, once again, y'all tearing another black man down without really listening to what he has to say. But that's my little rant. But like, you know, I fuck with Dr. Umar. I, I like a lot of the stuff he has to say. Um, anyway, going to another shitty note. The Cosby show was ranked 90 on Variety Top 100 TV Shows. Listen. When I saw that shit, I was just like, you know what this is? It's let's degrade Bill Cosby even more because there's no way fucking way in the world you're going to tell me one of the top two black shows that ever come out is ranked 90th? And you know what I know they put above it? I know, I know that stupid-ass show Friends is above it. If there was a show that should never be ranked, I have watched Friends four times and have chuckled maybe once. That show is so fucking overhyped to the point where they have made spinoffs of a show close to that, and those shows have been better. That the whatever satire comedy that Friends was putting out wasn't good. Jennifer Anson, all listen, you know, rest in peace to the guy. But that show, not funny. Not fucking funny, bro. I have watched Friends. How I Met Your Mother blew Friends out for me without even trying. This whole, we go to a coffee bar and sit down. What was good about that show? But that show gets overpraised. Meanwhile, a show that tried to uplift black people without having the same hysterics that a lot of those black shows had today. A lot of those black shows, they were in the bad neighborhood. 
They were dealing with the drug guys. They were dealing with the crime bosses. They were dealing with... And don't get me wrong. Those shows had their place. But it was nice to see a show where... Mom's a lawyer. Dad's a doctor. The kids, they were still, they were still shitty. There's, you know, the kids were still doing shit. The kids were dropping out of school and doing all that type of stuff. But it was nice to see they had structure. Because there were families like that. But too many times... A lot of TV for America, they when it came to black people, they wanted to show black people at their worst. It's why, for me, I can't watch Twelve Years Slave. I can't watch them. Like, I can't watch. I can't watch slavery movies. Why do I always have to see black people at their worst? It makes no sense. So, when I see shows like this get torn down because of one person. I'm like, do you do that for Seven, Seven Heaven? Do you do that for all those other shows that have people on? No, but you degrade the one black show that, honestly, I know a lot of people who were like, I love Phyllis Rashad. I became a, became a lawyer. Dr. Huck, I became a doctor. You don't know the influence it had on a culture, but you disrespect it because of what he did outside the show. Fuck what he did outside the show. What did that show mean to a community? This is what Variety TV's missing. And this is why, as soon as I saw that list, when Kobe hit me up with that shit, I immediately ignored it. I didn't want to know any more about that list. Because once I see bullshit like that, you'll never draw me in, and I don't want to know your list. I'm not going to give you any, any of my time. Because I already know there's shows up there that don't deserve to be up there, that shouldn't be up there, and shouldn't be above the Cosby. My mom came here, and she can quote a Cosby show Word for word. And trust me, my mom doesn't really watch TV shows. Like that. It's either news or that's it. And for her to tell me about the Cosby show, my dad to tell me about the Cosby show, that's when I knew. Because think about it. We're, foreign, we're foreigners. Our parents are Liberian. They did not watch TV like that. So for them to be like, oh, that Bill Cosby is a good man, I was like, okay, let me watch it. It was funny. It had heartfelt moments. It, it brought up kids with a lot of... Um, Theo, he was ADHD written. He had those problems. How many kids have how many kids in black home have problems like that? And how do their parents deal with it? Those were the things that dropping out of school. How many black people black people's kids drop out of school? How did they deal with it? Those were the type of problems they discussed in the college show. It wasn't oh it, it was no oh Theo got shot because he was at the wrong name. Like, whoa, like why we gonna do that shit all the fucking time? Just regular in city kid stuff like you know choosing the right college, I love shit like that, man. Fuck variety TV, man. They don't know what the fuck they talking about. And um, you know we're gonna end we're gonna end this soon with a little twenty twenty three review. Talked about a lot, you know. As I always say, watch One Piece. You know, you know One Piece is getting another reboot on Netflix. I can't believe this show is the show's killing it like this. The show is killing it. Ichiro Oda, my God, you've created a masterpiece. Uh, you know, we talk about uh, wrestling, you know, Royal Rumble's coming up. WWE's on fire right now. I have never seen the type of interest in wrestling like this in the last maybe 20 years. It's actually really fun because I've actually gotten close to a lot of people because when I put up my CM Punk, uh, return thing, a lot of people came up to me like, yo, I, I watch wrestling too. And see, sometimes it takes a little moment like that and then you don't realize, like, oh, 
You watch this too. Now, I might have a Royal Rumble party. Now, I open up doors and connections with people that I didn't know what happened if I didn't do this, if I didn't have this, if I didn't talk about this thing. So if there's one thing I can say to you, don't be afraid to talk about stuff. Don't be afraid to be open. Because this wouldn't have happened if me and Kofi and our executive producers weren't open to having our opinions heard. That's why we go out there. Sometimes I don't even want, like, I probably can tell you I've never watched one video that Kofi's put on. One, I don't like, I don't like hit listening to my voice. I don't like really listening to it. I feel if I put out there, it's the best product I did other and if I can get better, I'm gonna get better, but I am not listening to that shit at all. And you guys know me. I am one of the most egotistical people you'll ever meet. And if I don't want to do it, it's not going to happen. But I love the fact that we took this step and that we're still doing it and we're still going to continue to do it. This, to me, is pure happiness for me. And I love that my boy Kobe comes here every weekend when he can. You know, he got stuff to do. But every time he can to come here do this, we do it for a little hour, close to hour, do all that, we enjoy, and you know, we might, we're going to be having some other guests come on here, uh, hopefully next year, hopefully real soon, and you know, and then we just get to talk about other opinions, you know, like, Royal Rumble happening, I have some people here who are going to, we might do like, draws, like, um, what number are you going to get, who do you think is going to win, and you have a little po poll, like, this is what this shit should be. This shit is fun. And listen, if I can encourage you to do anything, go do something that's fun for you. In 2024, go do something that's fun for you. Even if it goes against the norms, go do something fucking fun. And on that note, I hope you guys have a great 2024. Not better than mine, but I hope you have a great 2024. We out.